everybody and welcome to the third episode of the Cultured Imprint. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for listening in. Well, um, this week has been something else. This month in general, July has been a very heavy month. And we're not even halfway through, you know. So, um, if you're able to find some kind of joy... And a little bit of happiness during this god-awful time. Please take it in and soak it all the way up. Because it's really, really sad out here. And it's so many things are happening in the world right now um, that are truly heartbreaking. So if in any way you can find some peace or joy, please soak it in. And please, please look after yourself. If you need to take a break from social media because everything is just too much, please do that. If you're just going through it and you need some time alone to, like, you know, get back to center and, like, be yourself again, do take that time out just so that you can feel okay and you can be okay, you know. I'm going to start off with some really, really sad news. Um, Last week, I spoke about Naira's um, sudden disappearance after a boating trip with her son in California on Lake Peru. Um, This week, her body was found and was identified, and she has indeed passed away. Um, Her son, Josie, told the police that they went out swimming, and her mom, oh, sorry, his mom, pushed him back onto the boat and he turned around to see where she was and she wasn't there. And what happened was there was a current that took Naya away and she ended up drowning. It's so sad that um she passed away at a very young age. So sad that she passed away when her son is only four years old. Um, And when you look at Naya's Instagram, you can tell that she loved the water. She loved swimming in the ocean and lakes and just being in the water. That was her favorite thing. And the fact that that's what took her away is the saddest thing I've heard. You know, um, just sending love to her family, her friends, her diehard fans and especially her son oh this is this is a tough one this is really a tough one but rest in eternal peace Naya um thank you for all that you've done with your craft your talent um especially with Santana you know um she played a lesbian cheerleader on Glee and she did a lot for for queer kids, I must say, including myself. Um, I just remember the wedding scene with Britney. Like, oh my god, that was literally my that's literally my favorite episode, the wedding scene. Um, so yeah, she did a lot for us, and she lived a beautiful life. Faced a lot of trials and tribulations, but she got through at the end and I just pray that her soul is at peace and she looks over her son and her family and yeah and on the topic of death I've been seeing a lot of people on social media talk about how they're losing their parents their loved ones during this time be it because of the virus or just any other illness and I just want to you know send my condolences to everyone that's hurting right now um everyone that's just going through it in terms of losing somebody close to them that they loved it is a painful feeling it is something that sadly we all are going to experience in our lifetime and i just wish you peace and i wish you healing and you will get through this and better days will come now moving along this week from the 13th to the 19th of july is non-binary awareness week 
And if you don't know what it means to be non-binary, um, it refers to people whose gender identity does not fit within the binary categories of man or woman. Um, many non-binary people identify as being part of the transgender community. Um, they do not conform to the gender that they were assigned with at birth. And as a result of this, they may end up choosing a new pronouns to go to use, a, na- a new name to go by. And they might use pronouns such as they, them, or she, her, he, him, um, she, they, he, they. Like, they can literally use any any pronouns that they feel comfortable using. They may choose a new name. And um, this week is very important because I feel like some some people do not know what it is to be non-binary. Some people don't understand what it is when they say that they're non-binary. Um, well, when somebody says that they're non-binary. And I feel like people need to understand that there's more than two genders, literally. Gender is a myth. Um, and if you want to fight me, the the idea of being a non-binary person literally goes back to ancient times. This is nothing new. They've always been here and they will always be here. When talking to a non-binary person or addressing them, please address them with the pronouns that they use. And if they've chosen a new name, do not dead name them. Dead name them. Do not be that person that chooses to use their name that was given to them at birth when they've told you that I go by this this name you know um you know you can still google read articles watch youtube videos and learn about what it means to be um non-binary yes so let's get into some pop culture shall we Alright guys, now we're in the pop culture segment. Um, I'll be talking about a case that has been going on from literally 2005. Um, if you've not heard of this man and the story behind him, he is Jeffrey, I hope I'm saying the last name correctly, Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, okay. So if you don't know who Jeffrey Epstein is or was, um, he was a financer in the United States of America and he marketed his services to those with assets worth more than $1 billion. So he was always around people like um, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, um, Prince Andrew and also our favorite Naomi Campbell. Um, but things that are coming up that he has sexual or had sexual relations with underage children. This includes trafficking them, prostitution, um, and also just taking videos of them and using it for his own pleasure. Uh, the first charge was laid in 2005. Um, the girl was 14 years old at the time and that's when it all started. So, um, on the 8th of July, 2019, he was charged with one count of conspiracy to committing, um, sex trafficking. He pleaded not guilty and was sentenced till the 10th of July. I think he was going to go on trial. He was going to go on trial on the 10th of July. Of sorry, the tenth of August. I'm so sorry, the tenth of August, and on the tenth of August, mysteriously he was found dead, and the reports say that it was suicide, but um, you know people, cause this this case has been going on since two thousand and five, and the man was only jailed in twenty nineteen last year. And a lot of people that he was involved with are big names in literally the world. I mean, Donald Trump, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and a lot of people think that he was killed so that the people that were involved with him 
would not get prosecuted as well. And um, so there's a lot of conspiracy theories around his death. I, for one, do believe that he could have been killed because this he did not do this by himself. This leads to so many other people in the world, not just America, in the world. Um, with um, George Floyd passing away, um, the Anonymous came back. Anonymous is a hacktivist group. Um, they literally hack into systems and files of governments all over the world to deliver the truth to the people. And they found out that Donald Trump was involved in Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking rink. And if I'm not mistaken, there were names, South African names, mentioned in that little black book. Um, a trafficking rink um, ran in Cape Town, was linked to Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's huge, one big, it was all one big um, sex trafficking operation. And the fact that there's a link to Cape Town... And we all know Cape Town has the highest numbers of missing girls, missing children, missing women. Um, it's kind of scary. And th- this is why I'm talking about this is because we're all affected and we all, we all deserve the truth. This needs to come to an end. So recently, um, a lady by the name of Jelaine Maxwell... Um, former girlfriend and associate of this man was arrested this year on July 9th on charges of recruiting and grooming underage girls for Jeffrey Epstein. And the police have been looking for her for the past year. She is a British lady and um, the police, the American police, have been looking for her for the past year only to find out that this hand was hiding in the US, literally going from house to house to house to house. Um, and she was caught and now she has been jailed. Okay. So now she's in, she's in jail. Um, recently she had a, um, a virtual court hearing where she pleaded not guilty and she'll only go on trial next year, July, 2021. Can you imagine and she'll, if she's found guilty, she'll be convicted um, of 35 years. So she's going to spend 35 years in jail if they find her guilty. Um, her lawyers asked if she could be released on bail. Five million dollars. That's about 83 million rand. So um, this hen is money. This hen is moneyed. And... I don't think she deserves it because um, they said that she helped this man by luring in young girls and should befriend them, take them on shopping trips to the movies, give them money for school, school supplies. If they had problems at home, she'd give them money, be like, no, it's fine. Take this. Sort yourself out. But meanwhile, this is all a tactic just to get these girls in to her disgusting situation with this man. Um, yeah. So with that, they are just hoping that they've given her an option to literally tell, to have a tell-all. To say who was involved, how they did it, who was um, in charge of it besides Jeffrey, um, and how they got to the bottom of this, like how much they made. And if she talks about the whole situation and how the operation ran and who was involved, um, they will lessen the amount of years that she has to go to jail. And, um, I think also the, the jail that she'll be placed in, the prison she'll be placed in will, not be as cruel or as harsh as the other ones would have been. So she would have gotten like prime treatment, you know. And um so people are anxiously waiting to 
here if she's going to spill the beans or not. And recently has been reported by the New York Times that she has been moved from style to style to avoid assessments. Which brings me back to Jerry's case, you know. They said this man died by suicide. So now, why would they be moving Jelaine from cell to cell to avoid quote-unquote assassins? And they didn't think about that with Jerry. You know, there's a lot going on with this story. And like I said, it has been on... It's been an ongoing thing since 2005. And hopefully... By the end of next year, it will be wrapped up. And um, I pray that the girls get peace. They are able to move on with their lives knowing that, you know, even though Jeffrey died, because when Jeffrey passed away, they thought that, you know what, this case is done. It's wrapped up. They could never go further on with it. But um, the victims came and said, no, he did not do this by himself. Jelaine is a suspect. She helped him lure us in and literally take control of our lives. So I really do hope that we can get to the bottom of this. I want to know if... I want to know the truth. The world wants to know the truth. And um, with them... With Jelaine talking about the things that they did, it can also help us in South Africa in South Africa because the amount of girls that go missing on a daily basis in this country is absurd. It is frightening. It is the most scariest thing that I have to live through. As a girl living in South Africa, um, we're constantly, we're constantly checking on each other as girlfriends. We're constantly checking on each other. You cannot go out and just be like, okay, I'm just going to leave and I'm not going to tell my friends. You literally have to communicate every single move that you make because we don't know what's going to happen. If you leave somewhere, it could be a day outing even. I'm not even talking about like club outings, like a day outing with your friends and you're like okay guys thank you so much um for today i'm going home yeah it's done you literally have to be like even if your mom is picking you up from the from the spot your friends will literally say text me when you get home it's literally that bad so i just i want i want clarity i want answers and it's time to wrap this bitch up for real now, moving along to um, what's happening on our shores. The Summers, the South African Music Awards, are taking place soon. And just like every other awards show that has happened recently, like the BT, they did it virtually. And they did it really, really well, you know. Um, the presenters, they did it all in the comfort of their homes. The musicians accepted their awards comfort of their homes and the performances were all um filmed in remote areas and i think they did really really well now us we are um going to get the summers streamed over five nights yes you heard right five nights from the third to the seventh of august and um it will be streamed on a Vodacom platform called My Muse and on Mzansi Magic. Um, there will be 30 minutes each. Yeah, it will be 30 minutes episodes, but um, the last night will be 45 minutes as it is the grand finale. I mean, I, I, I don't know about watching an award show like five nights in a row. Like, I would like it to be one show, you know, um, have people do it at home. Like, if there's, like, somebody presenting, they can record their own clip. I mean, everything could be pre-recorded. It does not have to be live. We can't do live situations in this current state, you know. Um, It could be recorded, you know. They send in clips. The artists say, 
you know, thank you, I accept this award, da 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 you know what I'm where I'm getting at, right? Um so it it'll be very interesting to see how this goes. Hopefully I won't be bored or irritated by the fact that it will be happening five nights in a row, you know. Um but this is something new. We're all going through this pandemic for the first time. So um others may not know how to handle it. So the problem is with the nominations. And um they released their their list of the nominations and um the way it works is kind of sus if I'm not mistaken. Like it's it's a little bit weird. Um the rules state that all recordings, singles and albums submitted for the 26th annual South African Music Awards must have been commercially released as in must be available for purchase in South Africa during the period of the 1st of February 2019 to the 31st of January 2020. And and categories like Record of the Year and Music Video of the Year are based on cumulative airplay between the 1st of March and the 29th... Oh, 1st of March 2019 to the 28th of February 2020. So this means it's based on when they say airplay, they talk about um how much the song was played on radio. So um so basically songs like Nasty Sisma was released on the 20 oh ooh, I'm getting these dates so wrong. <laughs> Nessie's Smile was commercially released on the 6th of July 2018 and it's up for a summer for both Record of the Year and Music Video of the Year in 2020 two years two years okay and also AKA's Gia was commercially released on the 15th of June 2020 but has both Record of the Year and Music Video of the Year nominations in 2020 because of the cumulative airplay rule it's just weird to me that that's how it works i mean two years a song released two years ago is up for a nomination and this is only based on how much it got played on the radio and it's weird because songs that were released last year like John Cena by Shoma Josie was released last year, but it didn't get a nomination because of it didn't have enough airplay. And Master uh, Master Keiji Salema, same situation. So um, a lot of artists are like really really upset about how that like about the situation. It's very odd that you can say these are the rules. You must release a song from this between this date and this date but also it needs to have a significant amount of airplay and it's very you know it doesn't work it doesn't work in my eyes it doesn't work a lot of hit singles aren't getting the praise and the recognition that they should get the summers are the biggest award show music award show that we have in South Africa. And I feel like it should be fair that we stick to the rules of, like, you know, that it must be released from this date and this date and leave this airplay situation out. Or maybe have a certain amount of, like, minimum. There should be a minimum and should move on from there. But, you know, I'm not a musician. I'm not... um. I'm not in the music industry. They, they, I'm sure there is a specific reason as to why they do it that way. But it doesn't make sense when... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> it doesn't make sense when um, there are hit records and they don't get the praise that they deserve. Like, Jerusalem has about like 40 million... 40 million views on YouTube. So much Josie was on the Colors show even. I feel like that's a huge achievement. If I'm not mistaken, she's like 
the second African artist on the color show. And I feel like she, you know, a nomination. It, I'm not saying she deserves to win the award, but I'm saying a nomination, at least. She has to be considered. So, um, it's pretty weird how it works out. Um, a lot of artists have been going crazy on Twitter, talking about how they feel with how the situation is set up. And a lot of them are upset and, um... Hopefully this changes soon in the future, but it doesn't show any sign of it moving in that way, you know. But anyway, I can't wait to see um the the summer awards happening on the third to the seventh of August over this five night period. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see it. Now moving along to upsetting news like this shit really made me so so angry um megan the stallion an amazing hip-hop artist um was involved in a drive-by shooting um the story there's a lot going on with the story so it starts this is what we know as the general public there hasn't been an official statement as to what happened from the from the event that they were at and to how they got to the situation where she got shot. So um if you're a follower of Megan the Stallion and you're a fan, you would you would have seen or you just on social media you would have seen um a clip of her on live Instagram live with Kylie Jenner and Tory Lanez and you know they're having a fun time in the pool chilling, you know, it's summer in America they you know having fun and um from that setting we know that they they must have moved to another place another event and this is where the drive-by shooting took place so Megan was with her her girlfriends and Tory Lanez in the car I think yeah they were they were all together in the car and Tori was driving, trying to take Megan to the hospital because it happened while they were at an event and they all got into the car and they're all trying to take Megan to the hospital. She got shot in the foot. Multiple bullets, not one, but multiple bullets were in her body and they were trying to get to the hospital and they got stopped over by the cops and Tori Lane was arrested on... um carrying a firearm I think it was it wasn't registered and like I said Megan got shot hey guys this is an edit this is me from the future coming to tell you that there has been developments in the Megan the Stallion shooting case allegedly it has been said that Tory Lanez is the one who shot Megan in the foot a source claims that Tory fired the shots from within the vehicle while Megan was outside trying to leave. And now this changes everything because I thought, and along with the internet, we all thought that he was taking her to the hospital and initially was helping her by shooting back at these people. That's what I've seen. That's the most popular story that I've seen on um the internet and if this is true, that he shot Megan, this changes everything. This is not a case of physical abuse and attempted murder. So, we need to be sure, we need to be on the lookout for that. And we need to know if this is true or not. Because if it's true, it is over for Tory Lanez. And Megan has already officially unfollowed him on Instagram. And that says a lot in our in our day and age so this is an edit um hopefully i'll be back to update you guys with the real tea now the most upsetting part well i mean yes you got shot that's that's extremely upsetting but this just adds on to it um there's a video that the tmz leaked you know what let me just talk about the tmz quickly 
they are a site, I don't know what they call themselves, but they talk about entertainment, current affairs, pop culture, you know. And they're notorious for leaking information before it even gets to the family members of the people concerned. Like with Kobe, found out on TMZ. With um, Demi Lovato, when she OD'd, found out on TMZ. And on top of that, they even they said she OD'd on heroin, which is the wrong substance that she was using at the time. So just it's very upsetting that it 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 it's not released when the family already knows that listen your child has been shot or your husband and daughter have passed away they find that people find out on TMZ and that's just not okay so abolish TMZ it needs to go along with the shade room cuz they're in the same fucking category but anyway moving along so video released by the TMZ and um you can see in the in the video it's them in a van like a SUV van and it's it's the doors are wide open and Megan and her three friends were asked to step out by the police and we we can't see the police but, but I can I can assume that there was more than one cop car there because the lights were really really bright more than one cop car there and they were telling them to get out of the car slowly and um they told megan to get out slowly and walk back now when you look at the video megan is limping she has blood dripping all over her leg She's walking back slowly. She's walking back. She's listening to what the police officers are saying. Because as a black woman in the United States, you need to tread lightly. Because they could kill you without feeling any type of remorse. She steps out and she's walking back. She's walking back. And now she's on the floor. Her best friend, Kelsey, is also in the car. And they tell her, get out. But now... When they're telling her to get out, they're like, hurry up. But then they're like, move slowly. And she's like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go fast or slow? And they were like, just move. They tell her to move. And now she's laying on the street. And now, like I said, it's summertime. They dressed. And this happened at night. Kelsey is in a bikini top. And she's wearing like short shorts, like booty shorts. And... Before Kelsey stepped out, you could see there's another girl in the same type of outfit laying down. And when Kelsey gets on the floor, they tell her to spread her legs. And they told her to spread them wider. As she spread her legs, they're like, wider. And she kept saying, they spread, they spread. And it just, that just makes me so uncomfortable. Because you can tell that this, you can see this girl is wearing an outfit that literally, one mistake, we see her vagina. So the, for, for the police officers to say, wider, that is just insane. That is insane. That makes me so uncomfortable. And as this is happening, um, Megan, I think, is also talking to her friend, just telling her to please just do as they say, do as they say. And as she's talking to her, Megan passes out. And Megan released a statement on Twitter saying that, no, no sorry, on Instagram, um, clarifying what actually happened that night. Um, she said that the person who shot her, it was not a mistake. They were there to hurt her. It was intentional. She was never arrested. The police took her straight to the hospital where she had surgery and got the bullets removed thank god um she's expected to make full recovery but she because when because when she said that i thought that they saw them in the car okay they saw that she just got shot and they took her immediately to the hospital i did not know that there was a whole situation where they made them step out the car walk back slowly Spread their legs when they were wearing next to nothing. And her passing out on the street. 
like when you look at the video and a friend point, pointed this out to me i thought she just decided to lay back you know but the way she literally her head dropped to the ground and um it was very traumatic to watch that um it wasn't something that was done peacefully that was an attack on the black woman and it's a it's absurd to me and also upsetting that people are now making memes about this situation you know um i've seen memes about like oh if i was the doctor and i had to check megan i'd start by the booty or something something crazy like that you know and um this is serious somebody really wanted to kill megan the stallion like why would you want to kill Megan the Stallion? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I know she's a G. I know she said that she's a gangster. But I don't, I don't think she's literally out here, you know, gangbanging and shit. You know what I mean? So, it's just wild to me. It's crazy. And I'm glad that she is now safe and she's okay. And um, a lot of people said... When that when the when the video dropped of her and Kylie on live together chilling in the pool, a lot of people are like, Megan, get out. <laughs> I didn't mean to make the reference, but if you got if you got it, yeah, you the one. But like they were like, get out, get out, do not hang out with this girl. I for one was like, you know, giving it a side eye, but mm mm. Mm-mm, I'm not a fan. So I would like for her to... She even said that it, it it makes her upset that it took an event like this to happen for her to protect her energy and protect her space. And I'm glad that um she's on the road to recovery. This is so traumatic. If I went through something like this, I definitely would not be okay. So I'm sending... Sending so much love. I wanted to get better. I know the music is going to be even much better. It's going to be raw. And, um, man, fuck the police. Like, honestly, ugh, hate them. Now, moving along to something that makes me upset. Another thing that makes me angry is, um, ESCOM. The beloved company that provides electricity to South Africans. Um, so now it's winter and, you know, we know every winter load shedding gets a little bit more hectic. It's longer and it happens quite frequently. I just want to point out that load shedding, the idea and the reason why it was implemented was to literally make sure that they get more reserves. So they'll shut down, you know, the electricity in certain areas to get more reserves, to save up initially. And this started in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. It's 2020. No, I'm lying. 2007 because it's been 13 years now it's 2020 and in this year in the year of the pandemic we do not need load shedding we don't need it at all we don't need it because we're all stuck at home and we have to go through online learning people have to work from home with online learning you have to submit assignments. You have to take tests online, exams online. So how do you think we're going to do that when there's no power? How are we going to complete our assignments and send in our things when there's no power? How are people supposed to do their jobs when there's no power? On top of that, they decide to do it during a cold front. Are you insane? Are you, are you actually insane? On Saturday in my area, we experienced load shedding for 10 hours. 10 hours straight from 12 to 10 p.m. Like, I feel like that's just something that you you should get jailed for that. You should be thrown in prison for that. It's 
it's just inhumane, you know. And I remember that day I was sick. Period pains were killing me. And I'm cold. My phone is dead. I literally have nothing to do but just try and gather the little bit of warmth that I can with my blanket and just, you know, try and just be patient and wait for it to come back. And it bothers me. It bothers me so fucking much that we have to go through this every single year. And they always make this excuse that, you know, because it's winter, um, uh, the, the electricity usage is way high because you guys have on your electric blankets and your heaters. Well, what the hell are we supposed to do? It's cold. It's cold. And I don't know why they act surprised that, okay, winter's coming. Why do they act like they've never experienced a winter in their entire lives? Why do they act like winter is a foreign concept? Like, every time it comes, it's like, oh my gosh, what is the season? I don't understand why it's so cold. Bitch, are you dumb? Every single year, they complain about the usage, um, the extreme, the high levels of, like, use of electricity that is being used. And... You know this is going to happen. You know this is going to happen. Winter comes by every year. Around the same time. So I don't understand how you can't prepare this. You can't prepare for this. Yeah, it makes me really, really mad. And um, I just want to say to the government officials that take money that is supposed to be used for I don't know, building grids and getting resources and fixing ESCOM and making sure that we don't have load shedding. If you ate those funds, if you ate those funds from the bottom of my heart, fuck you. Fuck you. And I hope you catch COVID. I'm being serious. I'm being for real. Like, we can't, we can't, we cannot struggle like this. And it's usually people who are old as fuck that are running this shit, you know? So they're out here in their 60s and 70s. They're gonna drop dead in about, like, 15, 20 years. Max. Then me, as a young person, I'm 21. Now, I must live the... Because what they're doing now, it's literally going to affect me for the rest of my life if they don't change it up. If they don't bring in people that actually care about the people and are not in there for greed. You know what I mean? So, I'm 21. I'm going to be stuck with the decisions that you made. You're dead and gone. I'm out here. It's winter again. There's fucking load shedding. You know what I mean? I'm just tired. I'm tired. And I think I speak for the rest of South Africa when I say I'm tired. So fix this shit so we can live like proper human beings. What the hell? Anyway, ugh, I just had to get that off my chest, you know. I really had to get... I've been very frustrated by this situation for an entire week now. Even more, even longer than that, you know. So, yeah. Coming up, I have an interview with my friend, Noam Toby, and we will be discussing... Um, colorism and how it has affected her as a dark-skinned beautiful woman stay tuned hey guys welcome to the interview section and right now i have my friend nom toby in the studio with me hi friend hi friend how are you <laughs> i'm good and you i'm good thank you okay so um what we're here to talk about today is colorism and you know that's a very very broad topic and it's something that people are now being vocal about you know yeah. and mm-hmm. and specifically dark skinned women and yeah. to my listeners toby is a dark skinned black woman a and dark skinned black woman hunty hunty dripping in the melanin dripping in the melanin <laughs> yes <laughs> so i wanted to talk about um 
the struggles that you've been through and the things that you've yeah. faced in this journey. Um, I want to take it back, like back maybe to like primary school, high school. What yeah. was the first, what's like the first memory you have of you being seen as less beautiful because you are dark skinned? I think for me, growing up, I really didn't understand what colorism was. Mm. And I think now looking back, I realized what a huge role it played in raising the black child that I am today. I think our parents were never discreet about colorism in our households, mm. but it's something that we didn't know to identify and say, okay, this is what this is called. And this is why it's called this. All we knew is how it made us feel. Mm. And I think for me, the at a very, very young age, I've never been the type of person that was insecure or, you know, like about just, just really, really, you know, like apologetic about the way that I looked. Like yeah. I accepted the way that I looked from a very young age and I was okay with that. But for me, I remember the first experience that was in, I think primary school going into high school when we started going to socials you yeah. know interacting with boys um in primary school um i was at an all-girls school and there was always you know the issue of no girls must be separated from guys so when we got to high school we obviously started socializing more and you know being more interactive with people mm. and i remember very vividly going to a club with a friend and um he had a friend that was obviously had spoken to him like, hey, you know, bring a, bring girls, you know, and yes. he had vocalized about how he thought, you know, black girls were so beautiful and black girls were so, you know, attractive. Mm. And that's what he obviously had explained to his friend. Mm. And I remember then, obviously, without my knowledge, he obviously like had wanted to set us up and was like, okay, cool, whatever. And I ended up going with a light-skinned girlfriend of mine mm -hmm. and we went together, whatever. And I remember... Um, him, the other guy assuming that his friend was speaking about my light-skinned friend. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my friend being like, no, 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 this is the girl I was telling you about. And he was like, oh, he's like, yeah, you know I like black girls, but not not like her. Oh, wow. And I, rem and I, re and I remember just being not even upset, mm -hmm. but I remember like in that moment just feeling so insignificant and just so like confused about, mm -hmm. okay, I don't understand what this comment meant, but I understood what it, how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really sure where it came from or what the intention was, but the way it made me feel, I'll never, ever, ever forget. Oh my God. I'm so sorry that you went through that. Was the guy... It, ha it happens. It was the guy, um, white. The guy was white, yeah. And oh. he had obviously, like, vocalized to his friend that, hey, dude, like, bro, like, I'm into, you know, black girls, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Like, I think black girls are beautiful, this side of the other. And then I think to him, he, his friend, without even asking or, you know, realizing that, oh, okay, well, like, black girls, like, what? When he saw me, his immediate reaction was to be like, but this is not the black girl I was talking about. Like, mm -hmm. I thought you were, like, talking about her friend. Mm -hmm. And I realized then that moment what it meant because I looked at me and I looked at her and I was like, we're both skinny, we're both black. So what could be, you know, the one factor that like differentiates us? And I was yeah. like, oh, I was skin tone. So yeah. obviously he meant like he doesn't, we're not attracted to dark skinned black girls. Yeah. And you know, that also comes back to that um, situation where white people will only accept a certain kind of black, you know, 100%, with 100%. like, like the hair, the, 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 the loose curls and the lighter skin. And yes. it, I just feel like it's just so, it's, it's a narrative that's boring, that's irritating, and it needs to change. It needs to stop, you know? I, I think even besides it just being like, you know, boring, I think it's so problematic. Very. I think there isn't an excuse in the era that we live in now. There's no excuse to be ignorant. If mm. you don't know something, it's because you don't want to know. Exactly. Um, there's so many ways in which you can educate yourself and there's nothing wrong with asking if you don't know mm. if i don't know something or we're not on the same page about something or i don't understand about something there's no need for us to be rude and argue but mm. ask most of the time things small things that you don't understand if you ask someone you'll get a you'll gain a better understanding like oh okay so this is what you meant by you can't say this or this is what you meant by colorism oh okay now i get it i don't know before but cool then we keep it moving. Yeah. But I just feel like now our generation is extremely, like, extremes. We have mm. people that are completely, you know, um, advocating for um, 
you know, everything that's wrong, you know, advocating for black women and, you know, against racism and all of that. And then we have people that actually, like, don't care. They mm. are not in the slightest bit, you know, concerned with knowing, understanding why things wrong, why they're right. Like, they actually don't care. Yeah, that's so true. They just so, like, ignorance is bliss. 100%. Ignorance 100%. is totally yeah. bliss. And I wanted to touch on, like, the representation that we see now of dark-skinned women. Like, especially, I feel like in films and TV shows, that's, like, the main, like, medium that we have to see yeah. black women. And, you know, like, back in the day, um, we were talking about, like, TV shows like Martin and, like, our own generations. Um, You'd see that the, the, the dark-skinned woman has always played, like, a sidekick role and never the main character, you know? Yes, and I just yes. wanted I just wanted to see how you feel with the representation that we have now of dark skinned women coming up front and you know the different types of pictures we're also seeing, you know? So how yeah. do you feel about that? I think um now that you speak about that, I actually saw a post today that was speaking about the black best friend on mm-hmm, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um and it was so interesting to see that you probably like I was reading the first um few you know posts and I was like wait but I've never like seen this you know I don't understand mm. what speaking about and it was speaking about how in every single you know scene or uh, the the director makes sure to cast a black best friend and the black best friend you might see it as oh you know like black people are getting you know airtime yeah. black people are getting screen time and yeah. we're getting to know them as actors and actresses but in every single role and every single part or character that the black best friend plays the black best friend is simply there to uplift the white character mm. you know what i'm saying mm. and i saw that and i was like oh my gosh and i was looking at like cartoons and like you know every single like the series we watch movies and i was thinking about it and i was like this makes so much sense because mm. you see it but i think the representation of like dark-skinned women the so like social media has indoctrinated the idea that a dark-skinned woman is only desirable if she's mixed or light. Yes. And I think it's such a flawed, flawed representation, but mm. it's something that still happens now. Yes, obviously now we're seeing a lot more, you know, um, strong, you know, dark black women that are um, in high positions, that are directors, that are taking lead roles, that mm. are, you know, in charge of how they want to be representa- uh, represented. But I think it's a very, very small amount to what we still have to do you know what i mean there's mm. um there, there's a lot of the times where um we have this idea and not just black people but the whole world has this idea that you know a dark-skinned woman is crazy and because yeah. she'll always be casted as the crazy black woman she'll always be casted as the drag dealer she'll always be casted as you know um the sidekick because that's the way that social media has indoctrinated that mm. into us without you know subconsciously and mm. we've we've taken that idea because now every time you see a black uh, dark-skinned female in you know the role where she's in charge or um is is leading it's kind of confusing because that's not the narrative that you're used to mm. yeah yeah that's how that's exactly how i feel because it's just, even though it's changing like in like when we look at certain things like makeup like certain yeah. makeup brands didn't even have like a really really dark shade they would have just you know like what do they call it chestnut and that's where that would, it would yes oh my goodness <laughs> that's where yes, it would end is light. that's very, like very as light. dark as they would go and then when fancy beauty came around and they introduced like really really dark shades that's mm. when things started to change you know yeah. and i know that you're like somebody who you love makeup and you love experimenting with like crazy hair colors. Have you ever been told that certain colors don't work for you because of your skin tone? Um, I don't think I've ever been, you know, like directly told, but yeah. I think it's definitely always been a like a question of, oh, like, don't you think like, you know, that color is a little bit like bright like it's not mm. gonna look you know mm. too great on your skin color. and i'm one person like i'm i'm very very vocal mm. and i'm very expressive about like the kind of person that i am and it shows in the way that i dress yes. in my makeup and like i'm just a very opinionated person i have a very strong personality and characteristics so it's very difficult for me to take the opinion of someone else that thinks mm. because of where they're looking at it from that me wearing having pink hair mm. doesn't suit my skin my skin tone because I'm too dark. 
like it's very difficult for me to fathom and be like oh yeah. okay you know like let me go look in the mirror and see if really does this not suit my skin tone because i'm too dark because mm. too dark according to who who like against what exactly. are there certain colors that are supposed to be fit for a certain type of skin tone you know what i mean yeah it's small things it's small things like that where you have to to break barriers and, and break the narrative that you have to be a certain shade for mm. you to do certain things. Mm. Um, it's 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 completely flawed, and and it's something that I've always had a problem with. And mm. I think I've always subconsciously tried to kind of shut people up through you know my hair and mm. my makeup and the mm. way that I dress because I it's very I, I'm tired of having to explain yeah. why I can do what I want to do because I'm a dark skinned woman and mm. I I can wear um green hair and I can have purple hair the next day. And and wear red lipstick with mm. purple eyeshadow like i don't have to explain myself as to oh why i think you know this suits better or maybe i should be a little bit more subtle today mm. because there aren't any rules that say if you are a certain shade or after a certain shade you must now not wear you know, yeah. your pinks and your yeah. reds and your purples because it's going to be too aggressive like too aggressive according to, to who? who made these rules who, who makes the rules i mean who is in charge of skin tone and has a phd in who <laughs> is going to wear what skin like no no no, no, no. no we're not doing that not here somewhere else not, not here, here. <laughs> not here not here and do you ever get tired of like you know, like, the way you just said it, like, this is you. This is you expressing your personality, expressing who you are. Do you ever get yeah. tired as people, like, of people seeing it as some sort of activism when you're really just living your life? I don't get tired of it, but it, mm. it's something that I do notice it exists, yeah. Mm. But for me, it's it's like, I'm I'm not. There's a lot of things that as a black human being, mm. we go through, never mind a black female. Yeah, yeah, I'm so exhausted and so tired of having to educate other people all the time about mm. why I am doing what I'm doing and why I can do what I'm doing. So if you think I'm constantly trying to, I wake up in the morning to be like, okay, let me have my hair pink today so people can understand that mm. if I have pink hair, it's okay. No, no, no. And I'm, I'm not going to explain myself about that ever. Mm. If you want to ask or you're confused about it then it's fine but it's it's not something that i get tired of, but it's something that i notice a lot that it happens that if i'm some people are like oh you know um you you're one person like you make every look work like i don't know mm. like you're the only person i know that can have like seven different color hair and they all suit you and mm. it's always like in comments like that where it's kind of like like what what does that mean yeah what I don't does think that it's a compl- mean you get what i'm saying like i don't think it's a compliment i don't know if i'm being like weird or whatever yeah no i, 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 I hear compliments. you no, I hear you because there's always like an underlining matter yes, at hand. Like there's always like you know just like that underlying kind of like um, you can you you can kind of like hear and take out of that sentence that someone wants to say. Mm. You know, like for like your skin tone or the dark skin girl you are. Mm. Like a lot of things suit you, whereas they wouldn't suit me because I'm this and the other. Mm. And I always like kind of comments like that, kind of like mm, put me on edge. I'm like, okay, thank you, but I don't really see it as a compliment. But I'm not gonna have this conversation with you again and explain <laughs> why it's not a compliment because yeah. we're not doing that again. It's done. You know? It's done. It's over. And I feel like. In twenty in twenty twenty, when we're all at home and we're all on our phones, I feel like you can just go to Google. Hey, there are so many articles, so many articles you can read, videos you can watch. That's what I'm saying. There's no excuse Mm. to not know in this era. You you have to not care. You have to actually not give any dams Mm. for you to actually not. Do you know I'm saying? Like you just not care because there's so much that is available to us in terms of like knowledge mm. that even just speaking to a friend of yours that is you know someone that could understand the situation better could already gain you a better understanding of something that you don't understand exactly and yeah. how do you feel when you know as a dark skin woman you, you speak about your experiences with colorism and you go you get black girls of a lighter shade who are light skinned or brown skin and they talk about their experience with colorism and you're like but it's not the same. How do you feel when they, like I say, counter argument when you speak yeah. about your struggles? How do you feel yeah, about I that? Think I, I feel bored. <laughs> I feel really bored. I don't want to lie to you. I feel really, really bored because like it's boring. It's tired. It's like tired. stop. It's tired. It's so tired. I think I think a main a big part of 
understanding the problem and dealing with the problem is acknowledging your part in it. Mm. And I think that as a light-skinned black woman, you need to understand that there are certain perks and they you are treated you are definitely treated differently because yes. you're a light skin tone yeah. and i think anyone that tries to deny that just doesn't want to take responsibility you have to acknowledge your parts in certain things in order for us to address a problem mm. um even like i said in the beginning of um this um conversation even in our households like yeah. our parents say things do things mm. you know if like you're dark small things like that right you hear at a very young age mm. and you kind of like you hear it and people laugh at it ha ha i think you grow up always like wondering like why am i so conscious all the time about yes. like what i wear you know because i'm too dark about it. and it's mm. small things like that so i think acknowledging your part and understanding that i play a role in this type of problem and i'm aware that because i am on the receiving end of this issue i'm able to make awareness of it because i have a privilege and a, a privilege in the situation over a dark-skinned female. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know that there's certain perks that you have. You're treated differently. People look at you differently. People address you differently because you're a lighter shade. So understanding that, and already that is the best thing you can do because then from there we can address the issue as to, I have a friend, this is what happens to them, this is what happens to mm-hmm. me, why? Let's get to the bottom of it. Mm. And I feel like having these yeah. types of conversations that's how we get to move forward as a community as black 100%. girls as black women as black people so the, i feel like conversations yeah. like this are very very vital and speaking of like yeah. important um conversations i know you have a youtube channel that's in the works that's coming up yeah that that is in the works and being ready yes 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 <laughs> and so i know that I, mm-hmm. yes, yes 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 carry on no you can go on it's fine Okay, yeah, so I have an upcoming um, YouTube channel that I want to do, mm-hmm. and I've been thinking about it for a really long time. I've recorded so many videos, but not been sure. Like, my laptop is packed with just topics and topics and topics, wow. and it's something that I wanted to do for the longest time, but I always wanted to make sure that my YouTube channel is not a shallow channel. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to come and speak about just makeup i don't want us to just come and speak about oh 10 things you can do with your best friends i want us to engage i want it to yeah. be a platform where we can learn and mm. educate one another i want us to speak about you know controversial topics that make us yeah. uncomfortable you know yeah. Yeah. things that we can relate to and things that are happening around us and things that we're uncomfortable to speak about like let's address them we're not going to have the same opinion on them mm-hmm. and the same understanding but sharing each other's views we're able to share knowledge and you know I, I'm I'm really excited for that, and I hope I eventually um, release all my videos and all of that. But I, it's something that I've wanted to do for a really, really long time. Yeah. Well, I'm ex- I'm very excited to see it because I feel like um, as the youth, we are literally at the forefront of these conversations. We yeah. are moving forward. We're trying to heal ourselves and like traumas and things like that. So I think. Us, as young black girls creating these platforms, it's just an amazing thing, you know? And I'm so, so yeah. excited for you to launch. I'm so excited. Do you, have, do you have a name already? Thank you. I do have a name. I do have a name. I'm going to post something, like, really soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wait until, like, I have, like, maybe, like, a hundred subbies for, like, yeah. the first week that I'm going to post. Yeah. And I have, like, two different segments on my YouTube channel that are going to be on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. A little bit, you know, light-hearted things because I feel like knowing yeah. me, like, my channel could get very serious very quickly, you know? <laughs> I'm not trying to offend, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm not trying to be, you know... No politics on my channel, but yes. I have, you know, two really fun segments that I, I would like to do. Just, you know, a little bit like something light, you know, mm-hmm. but not forgetting that, yeah, you can be, you know, do light things, but there are certain issues that need to be um, addressed and spoken about. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm all for um, hearing and, you know, understanding people's perspectives because I never agree with people's perspectives. I, I love engaging, you know, mm-hmm. having a conversation like, okay, cool, why don't you agree? Why do we agree? And mm-hmm. then, you know, yeah. I definitely cannot wait. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the Cultured Imprint. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are the second guest, so shout out to you. Thank oh you my for gosh, coming. I'm so I'm so honored. I'm so honored. <laughs>
honestly, I'm going to, this is going to go down in the books one day and I'm going to be like, listen, definitely. I'm the second guest. So I can't, listen, okay. Listen, they don't know that this is about to be big. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's going to be this way we're headed. That's we're where we're headed. Like this now. That exactly. Thank you so much, friend. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, friend. Alrighty, bye. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. And please be on the lookout for Toby's upcoming channel. I will definitely post the details once it's up and running. Um, like I said, um, in the beginning, it has been a really awful time. Um, more awful than usual um take this time to relax you know normally what i do to relax i watch cartoons i really really love cartoons and i just started watching um rick and morty and i am enjoying it so much i want to watch archer you gotta get an archer (laughs) no guys the, the the cartoon the show is called Archer <laughs> But it sounds like I'm saying Archer and I, I promise you it's it's spelled A R C H E R you know so um I remember I watched it when I was younger on Vuzu when Vuzu had adult swim and I was like I think sixteen when I watched it so I'm gonna rewatch it again. Um, also, I've been watching Gossip Girl. Like, I'm just watching old shows that I used to watch back in the day because the nostalgia is just amazing. And having a, that feeling of way back when than having to deal with the now is much better. So, yeah. Take care of yourselves. Um, this week's song is a cover by the Glee cover by Nair Rivera and Amber Riley and they did The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Enjoy and we will talk soon. Okay? Take care of yourselves guys. Bye.